You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 35 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I enjoyed a, a beautiful weekend in the uh, in the waterfront city of, uh, of Portsmouth uh, with my family. We had a very pleasant time, but unfortunately, no football oh. um, was uh, was watched. So I was entirely um, reliant upon social media and, of course, our outstanding Western League app to keep me um, up to date with the um, with the fixtures. And interesting to see a couple of postponements thrown mm. in there as well, Tom. So it looks like the weather gods and uh, and indeed a um, macerator um at Bristol Telephones meant that that game against Devizes um, couldn't go ahead. So, um, yeah, it just goes to show all sorts of weird, wonderful things, including the weather and, of course, macerators can affect um, uh, our, our fixtures. So that will be interesting to see just how much that condenses us um, going into the, um, um, to the end of the campaign. And, of course, a postponement has also made things slightly more interesting, if they needed to be made more interesting, in the first division race, um, because Canesham will be playing on Tuesday evening um, this week, um, because their game against Wincanton couldn't go ahead, so uh, not quite able to capitalise on um, uh, on, on a very important win for them um, last week, which we will be talking about in this podcast. Actually, the first division title race is um, it's a very important theme uh, in this week's podcast because we speak to Sean Potter, the manager of Cheddar, and we also catch up with an old friend of the uh, of the podcast, one of my favourite managers in Western League um, football. It is Clive Jones, the manager of Wellington, who is the very embodiment and reincarnation of Brian Clough, in my opinion. But anyway, um, you'll be hearing all about that later. We will go straight into this week's podcast, not by looking at the results on uh, Saturday, the 6th of April, but we'll start by talking about that um, really important game that happened on Tuesday, the 2nd of April, between Cheddar and Canesham Town. Yeah, the big one at uh, Bowden's Park uh, last week, as you mentioned. 263 there to... To see it, not a surprise that there was such a, a big attendance for such a, uh, a an eagerly anticipated game, and it went the the visitors' way. Kensham uh, making big strides in the in the title race, claiming a two 0 win uh, away at Cheddar. Uh, Cheddar reduced to ten men uh, for a straight red card to to Stephen Pennington uh, towards the towards the end of the first half, and Kensham uh, took full advantage uh, in the in the second half. Stephen Lee with a header, putting them ahead. Uh, 10 minutes after the break, uh, and then later on, uh, Cheddar came really close. Callum Laird hitting the bar uh, with a header of his own, uh, and then Canesham on the counter-attack from that resulting uh, set-piece uh, managed to, to wrap things up with Matt Brown scoring their second. So, yeah, Canesham uh, taking the 2-0 win, and obviously at the time leapfrogging uh, Cheddar back on into top spot. We will be hearing Sean Potter's thoughts on that game later in the podcast, but for now we turn our attention to the fixtures on the Saturday of the 6th of April and uh, we kick off in Bridport um, where the visitors were odd down and the 114 who uh, who watched this game enjoyed a seven-goal thriller, Tom. Yeah, mid, a mid-table clash and uh, yeah, Bridport uh, eventually prevailing uh, four goals to three uh, to actually leapfrog odd down in the table. So as a uh, position's up for grabs in the, in the league table. And, yeah, as I say, Bridport uh, eventually running out 4-3 winners. Uh, went ahead pretty early on. Two early goals from uh, Ed Butcher and Mark Salter uh, before Adnan Hiroli uh, managed to half the deficit from the spot. Uh, all inside 16 minutes. So a frantic start uh, to the game. Uh, and then just as it felt it settled down, uh, George Lloyd managed to, to slot home an equaliser for the, for the visitors uh, to, to put it 
uh, to 2-2 to just before uh, the half, uh, as I say. So that was that was how they went uh, into the half-time period. Uh, but it was Bridport who came out stronger uh, in the second half, just they had the first, really. Uh, Luke King uh, putting them back ahead uh, before Butcher scored his second of the afternoon uh, to restore the two-goal lead. Uh, Darius Davey then uh, got one back for odd down 20 minutes from time. Uh, but they were unable to to, to claim the equaliser, and it was uh, yeah, Bridport uh, four free victors. Well, our next um, featured game in the Premier Division has seismic impact on the title race um, in uh, in the Premier Division. Um, last week's podcast guest Tony Beecham, of course, the manager of Cribs, he did talk about this game against Willand, and we talked about its importance. But um, I'd, I wonder how many of our listeners realise just how important that game would prove to be. Cribs at home to Willand Rovers. Yeah, absolutely. This could have uh, huge ramifications, as you mentioned. I think it was one of the games uh, one of us picked out last week and obviously noted that Cribs were very capable of giving Willand a, a tough game, and they did more than that. They beat them 2-0. Shutting down Willand is, has been a pretty, pretty tough Tough gig this season, so to, to keep them goalless was uh, yeah probably just as impressive as uh, the the 2-0 victory really. But it was uh, goals goals in either half for Cribs to to give them the three points. Akibode and Akiwumi uh, giving them the lead before the break, uh, and then George Kello uh, with a second half penalty uh, wrapping up the victory for Cribs. Now moving on to the other powerhouse in the title race, Plymouth Parkway. They were at home to um, to Bridgewater Town, the largest attendance in the Premier Division on Saturday. 194 saw this one. Could Plymouth Parkway capitalise on that rare slip-up from Will and Rovers, Tom? Ooh, not fully. Taking a, a point in this one, it was a one-all draw at home to Bridgewater. They did, did move top uh, following this result, so obviously... Um, yeah, the point was was crucial in the end, but obviously they would have wanted the three. But playing a tough Bridgewater uh, side, it was never going to be easy, and they did have to come from behind. Uh, Jake Brown putting the visitors ahead, uh, but yeah, Plymouth Parkway uh, managing to to get back on level terms with Adam Carter, uh, looping a header into the into the net just before half time in in first half stoppage time, in fact, uh, and then second half uh, there was uh, nothing 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 to speak of goal wise. So that was how it stayed. Plymouth Parkway uh, drawing one all with Bridgewater, but they get yeah, as I say they do move top of the table. Well, we can't talk about the top two without talking about the team that's making this a three-horse race. And whilst the others stumbled, at one of the last fences in this uh, mm-hmm. in this uh, epic race, and Bitten was certainly in no mood for um, for slipping up. No, absolutely not. They're surging, surging towards the end of the season. They are, yeah, firing all cylinders at the moment. A seven-nil win uh, away at Roman Glass St George. Never really in doubt this one. And it was uh, Ben Bamman. Yeah, he was very much the star of the show. Uh, scoring four goals, so obviously taking his tally, uh, I think, to 36 now in all competitions this season. He's having a fantastic season, and I know he's missed a couple of couple of games recently with injuries. So uh, yeah, not 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 too bad from him. Uh, also goals from Billy Fletcher, uh, Joe McLennan, who seems to yeah seems to be firing at, firing at the right time for Bitten, and then Alex Grimshaw joining him uh, on the on the score sheet late on. So yeah, a huge seven nil nil win for Bitten, and as you say, very much joining the. Uh, the title race, which we will uh, look in, in depth at later in the uh, league tables, I'm sure. And finally, in the Premier Division, the last game we're going to have a look at is Wellington against Hengrove Athletic and uh, a comprehensive win for the home side. Yeah, Wellington, 5-0 uh, victors. Uh, hadn't been doing too well recently, so it's a yeah, good afternoon for them to, to end that uh, poor spell of form. Going ahead really early on, five minutes in, uh, a penalty from Josh Wadham. Uh, and then, yeah completing a, a pretty comprehensive first half. Connor Bryant 
uh, scoring twice before the break to, to put them three goals up at the break. And then Sam Jones and uh, it was youngster Lewis Pocock completing the scoring in the closing stages. Uh, and uh, yeah, as I say, 5-0 win for Wellington. I don't need an excuse to talk to Clive Jones. He's one of my favourite managers to interview since I've been doing the podcast. But of course, as Tom's just said, Wellington haven't been in great form and we haven't heard from Clive for quite some time, meaning that um, 2019 hasn't been the happiest of New Year's for the Somerset side. But a 5-0 win wasn't a bad way to get things going before the end of the season and I started my interview with Clive by asking him whether he felt that scoreline did his side justice on Saturday. Uh, to be honest with you, I felt a bit for Hengrove. They're a smashing club, very similar to ourselves, now they run themselves. They've, we've had a hard month, they've had a hard month. You know, so I think we caught them on a day where they were vulnerable. But you know, you've still got to take your chances and win the game, which is what we did. You've just mentioned there that you'd had a difficult march. Three yeah. consecutive defeats. So yeah. did that make that win, regardless of the scoreline, even more important for you? Well, it wasn't just the Saturday game. When you look at our last four games against two teams trying to win the league, I just said that we had to stop the rock because our last four games, we might lose another four. You know, we play at home and then we play away for the last three. So it was, it was just massive for our own confidence. You know, we had a lot of players missing. It's not an excuse, it's the truth. So I've looked at some young boys and, and they've done well for me Saturday. I mean, you've always talked to me in our interviews before about how competitive the Premier League yeah. is. You know, it's it's a league of the haves and the have-nots. Um, yeah. I know earlier when we spoke in the season, you'd, you'd started, you know, very well. You find yourself in 15th place at the moment. Do you think that that's a yeah. fair reflection of your season? Yes. Yes, no complaints whatsoever. I, I, I say this to lots of people. Good teams win cups, the best teams win leagues. And if you're 15th in the league, that's where you deserve to be. You know, we've, since Christmas, we have been poor. The poorest I've known, maybe in the two or three, well, especially in the two years in the Premier League. You, know, you can look at excuses, you can say so-and-so's missing, but that's rubbish. We have been poor, and we haven't got very many points since Christmas. But there is quite a race in the Premier um, League yeah, to get sorry. into the top half. And actually, yeah. in fairness, you're only five points away from Bridport, who are currently in 11th. So, I mean, yeah. with, the, with these remaining games of the season, uh, you know, are you looking up the table or down? Oh, I never look down. <laughs> never look down. I've got enough worries like looking down at a football table. I look at something like Bridport, and that's where I'd like Wellington to end up being when I finish. An established Premier League side that I've Good cup runs, never in any danger. And that's what I'd like Wellington to achieve before I finally do retire. You know, so, yeah, we look up. We've got to play Willen, we've got to play Bridgewater. And then we finish at Clevedon. So it's going to be hard to get some points out of those games. Well, next up is that Bridport game. And that's yeah. your, your last home game of the season, isn't it? So yeah. I'm sure yeah. you're hoping that the fans come along and, um, and, and have a good sort of finale to this campaign. Well, to, to be fair, we, we've... You know, played a lot, of, a lot of our games away, same as everybody else, and we take a few with us. And I, I've been pleased all season with our home fans. You know, it's been better than last year. I don't know the exact stats, but I think our home support has been good all year. So I'm hoping they come one more time. They can vote through the, their players, the player of the year is for the supporters. So yeah, I'm hoping it'll, hoping it'll be a good game, but it'll be a tough game against Bridport. Well, you, you've got to give them something to cheer about, haven't you? We can only but try. 
It might not be football, but I'll give them something to cheer about. <laughs> now, you've mentioned those big games coming up yeah. after that, and Bridgewater's on the horizon, and, and I know yeah. from my conversations with the Bridgewater management team that uh, that yeah. your games with them are always... There's a, there's, a, there's a bit of an edge, isn't there? There's a derby, there's bragging rights at stake. Well, it's not just that. Everyone points to quite a few players have played for both teams before and after I took over Wellington. You know, so you find players playing against their mates. Now, Bridgewater, to me, have had a fantastic season. You know, I like their manager. They've got some good players. Obviously, I know some of their players very well. seen five of them played for me at different times. But no, they're a good club. They've had a brilliant season. Well, after that, of course, you've got Willand at Silver Street. Yeah, I know a bit about them. You do, don't you? And, I mean, the fact of the matter is that regardless of what else is going on this season, your match yeah. with them could actually have a big impact on the title race. Yeah, I don't want that put on me, Matt. I live in Willand. I don't particularly want people saying that. <laughs> you know, they, they, them again, I just spoke highly of Bridgewater. I can you not speak highly of Willand? You know, superb in the FA Vars. I want to watch them in one of the rounds. You know, they've beaten us twice already, both times 2-0, but comfortable 2-0s. So it's on my doorstep on, what is it, Easter Monday. Um, if they win the league, fair play them, they deserve it. I mean, it is a fascinating title race, isn't it, at the top of, yeah. the, um, at, at the, top of the Premier League? three very good sides who play totally different ways. It's more than one way to win a football match, and you look at those three teams, they play totally different from one another. Going back to my comments earlier in in this interview, we yeah. you know we 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 we've talked before about sort of leagues within leagues, and I I know that yeah. some of the clubs like your own, you know, re- relatively speaking, to some of the sides towards the top of the table, the resources yeah. that you have at your disposal, you know, aren't the greatest. Um, but I mean, in terms of you know what we see on a Saturday afternoon in the Western League, I mean, you know, is is there much of a gap? Do you think between you know the top sides in the Premier Division and and, and the rest of the sides? There's, nobody can deny that and we all know the reason it's all down to finances but uh, that doesn't bother me you know before a season starts who's got what and then when a club has a good run they seem to add a little bit more and they pick up a bit more quality that's sport you know I never complain if a club's got a thousand pound or five pound you know that is what sport is you try to get to a level you sustain it and you push on again there's some big gaps between some of the teams in the top five and the teams in the bottom five there's no denying that with that in mind, then pound for pound, when you you know you think of the sides that you've come up against this season, who do you think is is punching above their weight? Westbury by country mile, they've had a great season. I know they're going to end up coming fifth or maybe sixth. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't got a table in front of me, but I think Westbury have been the team of the year for me. Nobody thought about them. They come up from the first division. They went a long time without losing. You know, so they've got to be really pleased with their season. Well, one final question for you, for you, Clive. Yeah. Um, it's been a theme on recent podcasts that um, um, we've talked about the fact that we're going to have sin bins around yeah. next season. Now, um, I, I did see on social media, of course, that you're going to be around next season as well. So, uh, yeah. have you given have you given that any thought? With the, the league our reserves playing, the extra district, I've already got it, and I've watched it a couple of times, and it it does affect players. Whether it'll work in the Western League with having official linesmen bring on more pressure, it might quieten down some poor managers, mate. <laughs> so I, I'm not against it, but I've, I've never... I've seen it, but I've not been involved in it. But I think some people that look at themselves, it's non-stop shouting gives gets on my nerves after a while. Well, Clive, thank you very much indeed for taking the time to speak to the podcast yeah. again, and I'm very, uh, I'm very pleased to see that we'll have the pleasure of your company on next season's, <laughs> uh, on next season's podcast as well. 
If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you. Now, moving into the first division, and we kick off with relegation-threatened Radstock Town. They were on the road to near rivals Bishop Sutton and a comprehensive win um, for the Miners. Yeah, two two teams sitting in the bottom six. So it was very much a yeah, big game towards the bottom, and it was Radstock, yeah, as you say, running out pretty, pretty easy. Uh, 3-0 victors. Uh, a tenth-minute goal from Morgan Skip put them put them ahead. Uh, and then it was James Rustle. Uh, he's having another pretty good season in front of goal. And then second-half substitute Jack Biddiscombe uh, completing the scoring. Uh, yeah, a 3-0 win for Radstock. So that's uh, back-to-back wins for them just at the right time. Could Cheddar bounce back from that um, disappointing home defeat to Canesham on Tuesday? They had to go to Carn Town. And that's not been an easy place to go for anybody in the Western League this season. Um, did they manage it, Tom? They did. They did. Uh, a 3-1 win for Cheddar, so bouncing back pretty well and obviously capitalising on that. Kenshin's match being postponed, as we as we mentioned. So they do go back top of the table. Uh, Chris Coombs uh, put them ahead. Uh, but then, then it was Adam Jones who uh, yeah, scored twice uh, in the second half uh, to complete the uh, complete the victory at Bremhill View. And uh, Jones moving ahead of team Adam Wright in the uh, top goal scoring uh, charts this season by, by a goal. They seem to be... Changing positions most weeks. So, uh, yeah, those two doing well. But, yeah, the main, most important thing, Cheddar running out 3-1 winners. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast, Sean Potter, the manager of Cheddar. Um, thank you very much for, for taking the time to speak with us, Sean. Cheddar sitting on top of the table, um, but Canesham can go top if they, if they win that game in hand. Um, who do you feel has the advantage at the moment? Uh, well, you'd have to, you'd have to say... Uh, it's in Kingston's hands. Um, it's been in our, our hands for quite a while. Uh, it's not, to be fair, it's not an easy place to be. Um, sat at the top and having someone chasing your tail. So we sort of we, we know what sort of position they're in at the minute, and the pressure sort of the pressure's on both of us. To be honest, um, I think we we sort of both guaranteed the top two positions now. Um, we've sort of thrown it away a little bit in the last few weeks. Um, but I can say there's, it looks like there's only sort of four or five games to go. But in reality, that's still a long way to go. A lot of things can happen in those four or five games. So, yeah, we just got to make sure we do our side, we do our job um, and win our remaining games uh, and then see where we end up. I mean, obviously, it was a good win at the weekend and we will talk about that. But, of course, it was only a week or so ago that um, that you, you, you did lose out at home to Canesham. I mean, that must have been very disappointing for you. Yeah, it's a, do you know what? It was a, it was a really, really strange feeling um, after the game. Uh, usually after a loss, I'm going in since the Wells game just before, going in really, really disappointed and thinking sort of the lads could have done a little bit more, maybe I could have done a little bit more. Um, and I'm very critical of myself uh, and the lads, but... After Tuesday, it was such a strange feeling. I thought we were brilliant. Um, we went down to 10 men after sort of 15, 20 minutes, as you'll probably know, um, which killed us a little bit. But before that, I think we were we were quite we were, we were probably on top, and I was feeling confident. Um, we were executing the game plan really well. 
uh, dealing with anything they had to throw at us and it was turning into sort of a good game uh, and then obviously with going down to 10 men so early it completely changes the game and we just sort of had to dig in and even with 10 men sort of I couldn't have asked any more from the lads I thought we were brilliant they scored on probably 60 minutes and then again with 10 men we threw the kitchen sink at them we hit the bar in injury time to sort of trying to grab a draw and then they've gone up the other end and scored um, on the break because they'd outnumbered us on the break um, and then killed the game off. So the margins were really, really small. Down one end, we're sort of inches away from scoring to get that equaliser and then they go down the other end and score. So do you know, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have asked any more of the lads. They really, really did work hard and they played very well. They dealt with pretty much most of what Kainsham had to, had to throw at us. Um, and they're a great side, don't get me wrong, really, really good side. So I couldn't really do much other than give a lot of credit to the lads. Um, but obviously then it's also really, really disappointed to come away um, having lost a, a game of that magnitude, you know? Well, the, the disappointment is difficult to bear, but of course the, you, the fact of the matter is that you did manage to win again at the weekend, so you've kept this title race... Um, live. I mean, how important was it for you to get that result uh, on Saturday? Oh, it was huge. It, it was huge. It, we'd, we'd obviously seen in the morning that um, Kainsham had been called off. Um, so for us, it's probably the reward's a little bit greater because you go top of the league and it puts a little bit more pressure on them. Um, but then, like you say, the, the pressure becomes a lot greater because you know that you need to be winning those games. Um and to be fair, the lads they they done out and they went out and done really really well. Um, it was quite comfortable in the end. It probably could have been a little bit, could have been a few more. Uh, but Khan had a little go in the second half. Um, they're a good side. I think you, you don't really play any bad sides in this league. So yeah, to go there and come away three one and get that job done was yeah particularly pleasing. Now, I mean, it would be fair to say that March wasn't a great deal, uh, wasn't a great month for you, form wives. Uh, you had defeats to Wells, which you've alluded to, and of course Warminster as well. And um, what what do you put that down to? It's difficult to put my finger on. I think what I'm trying, I try and look at it over a season. You know, look at us losing maybe four or five games. Maybe I don't know what it is, but maybe five games. And I think we would have taken that. We would have taken being on seventy nine points with four games to go. If someone had asked me that in pre-season, I'd have bit their hand off at that. So when you look at it on a, I look at it on a whole and sort of spread it out. There's not really much you can put it down to. The Wells game um, is is also is a derby. They beat us twice this season. It's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a bogey team for us. We can't really ever seem to to raise our game against them. Uh, and Warminster, I think we probably underestimated them a little bit. Um, not me personally, but I think the lads the. I think subconsciously you sort of you sometimes rely on your ability to get you through the games, and it doesn't happen in this league. You need to be on it every single week. Uh, and Warmints are a very, very good side. I think they're probably one of the better sides we've played um, this season. I think if they'd have had that form from the beginning of the season, then they probably would have been right up there. So yeah, it was just we, again we had a red card in that game. We had a red card in the first game against Wales that we lost. So. I'm not putting it all down to red cards because we've probably got ourselves to blame for most of them. But yeah, I just think I, I just think they've all sort of come at the come at the same time, and it looks like we've hit a bit of a dip in form. But when you look at the season as a whole, I think losing just a handful of games um, for a club like ours, 
uh, competing with some of the, the clubs with the, the bigger budgets and the bigger squads and teams that have been in this league for a lot longer than us, uh, teams that have been up in the Prem and come back down. So I think for a little club like ours to be where we are, um, looking at the season as a whole, is, is still a massive, massive achievement for us. Well, mathematically, Kenshin and yourselves can't be caught now. You've, you've sewn up the top two spots, which, of course, under normal circumstances, will be good enough to get you promoted to the Premier Division. But um, this season, it's not quite as simple as that, is it, Sean? No, it's, 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 to be honest, we, have, we still haven't really had confirmation from the league um, how it's going to work. And the constitution of the league says two up, two down, um, which we obviously assume that was the case and that's what we've aimed for all season, as most clubs would have. But yeah, then the, the, this points per game systems come into it, and it's, it's crazy, really, when you look at some of the things that could happen with the points per game system. It's, it's madness. I think I look at it as though you, you could get a team from sort of the Norwich area, like hours and hours away from here, that could have a better points per game in their league um, than us, and it'd stop us from going up, and it'd also stop a team coming down from the Prem. So. It's just a, yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit of um, a little bit of a strange one. I think you work hard all season to to sort of get where you are, and then you could be denied it from like things like this. And also leagues like you got the Hellenic League that I think they got about thirteen teams in the league. Um, so their second place side is also compared to our second place side, and their points per game is probably a little bit easier to achieve when we're playing thirty eight games and they're playing sort of the low twenties. So it is all a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit strange. I don't really know the reasoning behind it, um, but it is what it is. And we've just, like I say, we've got to go out and do our job the last four games and do everything we can. If we do end up finishing second to have the best points per game possible uh, and hope that we go up. I mean, these matters, it's a te- we discussed it on last week's podcast. And it is, a, it is always a shame, particularly for yourself and the players, but equally for the fans as well. Um, when matters of football aren't settled, promotion and relegation, these matters aren't settled on the on the pitch, which is what we all pay our money for. But, um, I mean, this is a matter of football in politics, and as I think you've very eloquently described, it affects the entire country. It's not just isolated to the Western League. Interesting to note that one of the other teams in the shake-up um, on the points-per-game ratio that will be competing against you is, of course, Malmesbury Victoria, and we all remember them from last season, don't we? And, uh, and, and I wasn't entirely sure, and I think many people um, who watch Western League football weren't about why they were extracted from the Western League and, and plopped into the Hanelic League um, this season but I mean if there is good news for you Sean it's that um, that Cheddar by my understanding at the current rate you're going with the current points per game ratio um, that you have I mean you are occupying one of the spaces that that would secure you promotion so I suppose the message there really is you've you've just got to keep on winning until the end of the season yeah that's exactly right it's the, the frustrating thing for us I think before this came around was knowing that we'd secured it. I think it was when we lost to Wells, actually. Ashton Blackwell drew, um, and we'd secured a top-two place. But we can't celebrate it. You know, like we've, we've worked hard all season. And like you say, you got we got fans that have been coming for 50 years that have never seen the club anywhere near where we are now. Um, and I think the, the most frustrating thing is we've made it ma- mathematically definite, and we can't go out and celebrate, you know, until until we know what's going on and yeah I, I think that's the most the most frustrating thing but like you say yeah we are in there at the moment but we were I think before the Wells game I think it's, it's just showed us losing to Wells and Kainch and those two games 
our points per game was like dramatically dropped. Um, I think we would have been probably in the top sort of five of those runners up, or top three even before those games. But to get losing two games puts us right near sort of the bottom end of it. So I've explained this to the lads that it's not we're in there at the moment, but a little dip and sort of two games out of the last four we could be again right down there. So. It does swing around a little bit, so I'm not going to get sort of complacent and be happy with where we are. We've we've still got a big, big four games to go, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they are four cup finals for us, um, and we we do need to win them to one to put pressure on Kingsham, and if they do slip up, then obviously that will be great for us and we'll be champions. But secondly, we we want we don't want to go through the season and, and do what we've done and then end up not going up because of a points per game so again we just need to we just need to win our four games and, and see where that takes us well three of those four games are at home and as you've described those matches are all cup finals you win them all and I think you've got a pretty good chance if not pretty much nailed on of getting one of those points per game promotions um, but more importantly as you said Cajun could slip up so in, in trying to seek promotion you could inadvertently win the title um, so there's everything to play for going into this and I'm sure that you'll want all of the fans to continue to come and support you um, for the rest of this season because um, with, with three of those games at home they could make a huge difference couldn't they yeah that's right that's right the, I, the fans that we, we don't really we have the same sort of fans that come every week they're pretty dedicated and I don't think it all sort of go up and down depending on whether we're still in the promotion hunt or not I think these guys these guys are sort of they've been dedicated all season so I don't think that will change and you know, at home we like like I say we're, we're wicked at home and we've got three, three of the last four at home so we're really up for it. The lads know the scenario. They know the situation. They know what we've got to do. Um, so, yeah, again, for us, it's, it's going out and, and getting those wins. It's, it's not just for the play. It's not just for the players and uh, the management. And the, the, it's for the people around the club that work hard and they're doing it for free. And the fans that come away every week and they've they've really sort of bought into it. And I could say there's fans that have been coming for. Like 40, 50 years that have never seen the club do this well. Um, we've never been in sort of step five where we where we're looking to go. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of excitement, and yeah, we we just need to keep it going and give give them something to celebrate. Come last game of the season, home to Port Z. So uh, I don't think we'll be we'll be celebrating any time before that. Um, like you say, it's, there's still a lot to go on. There's there's a lot of things that can happen. So I think we'll just get through to the Porter Z game and just see where we are after that. Well, the, the first division title race has all the hallmarks of another title race that I'm sure many football fans will be glued to until probably the last day of the of the professional season. And sadly for you and your your players and your fans, the rewards aren't quite as illustrious as in, in other leagues. But it, 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 the entertainment that you're providing for those of us who follow Western League football is outstanding. And I sincerely hope that you and Kainsham, um carry on this incredible form, this incredible battle between the two of you um, until the end of the season, Sean. It's been incredibly entertaining and um, uh, you know speaking on behalf of all the fans in the Western League we sort of we watch it with bated breath yeah thank you very much really appreciate that the lads, the lads do work really hard and they've, they've all got other jobs they don't do any they don't get financially rewarded or so it, it's, it's, it's a good thing to see it's good to see the lads that have put so much effort in and dedicated so much time and um, sacrificed time with their wives and families at weekends and 
So yeah, it's, it's good to see us up there, and it's good to see us doing well. I just hope that we can um, we can get our rewards at the end of the season for everybody involved. Now, if you were one of the 62 that saw this, you certainly had your money's worth because there was a si there were six goals between Chard Town and Chippenham Park. Yeah, Chippenham Park desperate for points uh, in their battle against relegation, uh, and they did go ahead in this one. Uh, Dan Ware. Uh, putting them putting them in the lead after 25 minutes, uh, but then Char managed to to hit back Andy Holmes scoring from the edge of the area uh, to make it one all at the break. Coming out of the break, uh, Chippenham Park uh, very much pushed pushed on. Uh, Lewis Ellington and then Joel Smedley uh, putting them three one up. Uh, pretty pretty quick fire goals from those two. I think uh, in the first seven minutes of the second half, in fact, so a three one lead for them. Uh, but Char managed to to grab a grab a point. Uh, Marky Jones, 16 year old. Uh, pulling them back uh, within a goal. Uh, and then it was Kieran Bailey who, uh, who scored 20 minutes from time to level it. And, it, it, yeah, finished uh, Chard 3, Chippenham Park 3. And our final game to review in the first division um, was at Wells. Uh, the visitors were Corsham and five goals between these two sides. Yeah, and uh, three of them belonging to one man, uh, Jamal Chevalo. He's in fantastic form to end the season for Corsham. And very much uh, one of the reasons they are, yeah, up in... Up in third as things and as things sit at the moment, uh, Connor Linham had put put Wells ahead uh, following a, a goalless opening half. So it was all all after after the break, all these goals coming. Uh, but uh, yeah, Caution then managed to tip back Chevalier, obviously uh, drawing the, the visitors level from the spot, uh, and then scoring again ten minutes later uh, to put them two one up. Wells managed to to respond, scoring an equaliser ten minutes from time from Dale Hunt. Uh, but then, yeah, it was Chevalier having the, having the last word. A, a pretty well taken volley. I think there's uh, footage on on social media. So if you want to check the the, the winning goal out, there there is capability to do that. And uh, yeah, it was caution. Uh, a three-two win away at Wells. Obviously, had beaten Cheddar recently. So uh, yeah, fantastic result for 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 caution. Excellent. Well, that concludes our roundup of the fixtures um, from last weekend. So we turn our attention to the map, the football that's coming up this week. Now, we don't normally dwell too much on midweek football, of course, because for most of the listeners, they will, it will have happened by the time um, that they listen to the podcast. But there are two fixtures on Wednesday, the 10th of April, that we should talk about. They are our Les Phillips Cup semi-finals, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, both 7.30 kickoffs. Uh, we've got Cadbury Heath, obviously uh, knocked out Buckland in the last round. Uh, probably, well, slightly surprising result, I think we could say. Uh, they host Plymouth Parkway. Uh, and then we've got Willand uh, against Bridgewater. So, uh, yeah, four Premier Division sides going at it. it. Looks looks like two absolutely fantastic games on paper. Yeah, and I think we can safely say that whichever of those four sides gets through to the final, it's going to be an absolute cracking um, final. Um, mm. You know, great to see teams in there. Um, the, uh, real cup specialists, of course. We know all about Will and Rovers, don't we? Um, because yeah. of their VARs heroics. But, um, you know, Cadbury Heath as well did well in that competition. And um, we know how good Plymouth Parkway are. And Bridgewater Town, frankly, their support alone um, always puts them in contention in any one-off game, I think. So, um, as it has done in the league. So, I mean, that really is an absolute an absolute cracking lineup. Anyway, we move on to Saturday the 13th of, uh, of April. And um, what, is your, what is your pick of the Premier Division games, Tom? So I've gone for Odd Down versus Plymouth Parkway. So obviously uh, Parkway very much in the uh, in the in the race for top spot. Uh, but yeah, Willand playing uh, Shortwood and um, bitten away at Hengrove. So obviously the other the other two challengers for the title playing against the bottom two. So you'd expect them to pick up their three points. So Parkway probably got the most uh, difficult task this weekend away at Odd Down. Who have started to to score a fair few goals, uh, not winning uh, 
uh, every week. Obviously, they suffer defeat on the weekend. But yeah, uh, a tough trip for Parkway. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Well, we all know which teams have got everything to play for this season, um, but um, often that leads quite a lot of sides to uh, to play out the rest of the games. Um, uh, and I, you know, I often wonder sort of what motivation managers can bring to bear to keep players and indeed supporters interested in the sort of the tail end of the season. But um, two sides that will definitely be wanting to build upon what have been contrasting seasons in some respects, I suppose. Uh, Buckland Athletic and Clevedon Town. Clevedon, I think, have done exceptionally well and clearly look like a very, very formidable Western League side. And Buckland are a team, of course, with high ambitions. And I think that probably building a little momentum into the final month of the season is going to be equally important for both, not necessarily for this season's campaign, but perhaps building something for next season. Um, so that will be my pick of the fixtures in the Prem. Buckland at home to Clevedon Town. And what catches your eye in the First Division, Tom? I plumped for Caution uh, against Chippenham Park. Uh, Chippenham Park, obviously, uh, ensconced in a, a relegation battle, uh, currently down in 18th, uh, level on points with a couple of uh, couple of sides down there. And uh, playing away at Caution, obviously banging form. Uh, got a striker who seems to be scoring for fun at the moment. And they're looking for, for third spot, probably to finish third spot. Uh, they've got a good five-point buffer at the moment. And obviously, we know the top two are uh, probably out of, well, they are out of reach, aren't they? Going for the title, uh, but a third place finish for Caution would be a, a fantastic return. So obviously, uh, yeah, two teams uh, desperate for points. Well, I'm hoping to take in Devizes Town at home to Portishead Town on Saturday, but I'm not going to be so bold as to make that my game to watch of the weekend in the mm-hmm. first division. I'm going to go for Longwell Green uh, against Carn uh, Town. Um, Longwell Green really did impress me in the first half um, at Devizes a couple of weeks ago. They did look like a very good form. Um, they looked like a very good team. And, of course, we know that they have been in reasonable form um, of late. And um, Calm Town as well, another very good side. And, um, and I, I think that there'll be, there'll be two teams looking um, to take maximum points from that fixture. We'll make it a very good, entertaining game if you are looking for a match to watch in the first division. Now, we have alluded to it. Um, a couple of times uh, on uh, uh, until now, um, but um, we are we're now going to have a look at the league tables. I think last week we had a look at the goal scorers. We like to alternate these things, but we're going to have a look at the league tables. So, Tom, do you want to take us through, talk us through what's going on in the Premier Division? Absolutely. As we mentioned, free horse race now for the title. Uh, very wide open. Uh, only a couple of games left for each. So we've got Plymouth Parkway currently sitting top. Thirty-four games played. They're on eighty-three points, so they've got four games remaining. Uh, we've got Willen then in second. They've got a game in hand. Uh, they've played 33. They're on 82, so a point back from Plymouth. Uh, and then we've also got Bitten on 82 as well. Level with Willen, but they have played a game more. Uh, Willen currently with the uh, the better goal difference of the three sides at the moment. If it does come down to that, very much looks like it could. So they have, Willen have five games remaining. The other two have uh, four. Uh, we've then got Bridgewater in fourth uh, on 71 points and Westbury uh, in fifth on 70 points. So those two battling for fourth, but they've both had absolutely fantastic seasons. Uh, towards the bottom, or down at the bottom, we've got Shortwood. Played 34, they've got nine points. Uh, obviously, tough season for them, uh, but battling hard. Uh, obviously, I think, yeah, picked up a fair few of those points in recent times. So they've got four more games remaining. We've then got Hengrove in 19th. They've played 34, they've got 18 points. Uh, and then we've got a couple of sides on 28 points. A couple of points now needed for that from them. Uh, to assure themselves of uh, safety, and that's Roman Glass and George and uh, Brislington. So, as I say, they're both on 28 points, 10 points clear of Hengrove. And this weekend's rounds of fixtures could really prove conclusive in that um, 
uh, relegation bottom two race because um, Shortwood on nine points, even if they won all their remaining games, could only get 21, which would only take them above Hengrove. It wouldn't put them near enough um, to Roman Glass St George. Hengrove on 18. The maximum they can get is 30 points. So um, um, if, if Hengrove don't win and um, and Roman Glass avoid defeat, then um, really that puts Hengrove in a position where they they can't they can't move into to 18th. So um, so that's the that's the situation at the foot of yeah. the Premier Division. Now we move on to one of the most mathematically exciting equations in <laughs> in non-league football. It is the promotion race at the top of the first division. Tom, can you shed some light on this? Shamavest. <laughs> so we have Cheddar back in top top spot uh, 34 games played so they've got four left they're on 79 points uh, we then got Canesham obviously that game in hand which takes place uh, on Tuesday evening uh, they've played 33 they're on 78 so obviously a win for them uh, away at Wincanton uh, which won't be easy uh, Wincanton are, are certainly capable of uh, putting up a good fight uh, so yeah Canesham on 78 a point further back with obviously that game in hand this evening uh, and obviously yeah uh, top spot assured of uh, promotion uh, and second place yeah be up for mathematical uh, stuff going on uh, towards the uh, end of the season but still four games left so we'll worry about that a bit later I think <laughs> uh, in, in third we've got Caution uh, played 34 they've got 63 points and they're five clear of Longwell Green so they're looking good for a, a third place finish uh, Ashton Backwell also five points back uh, they've uh, those three teams have all played 34 uh, and then we've got Warminster up in up in six. Fantastic effort from them and Chard also on 56 points, just like Warminster in seventh. So uh, yeah, that's how it's looking at the top. Uh, at the bottom we've got Bristol Telephones. They've played 33. Uh, they're on 24 points. They've got five games left, so they're going to have to win a couple of those to to to, to get any safety this season. Uh, we've got Oldland. Uh, they're in 19th. They've played 34. They're on 30 points, which is the same as Chippenham Park. Uh, so those two uh, very much scrapping it out. Uh, we've got Radstock. Obviously, we mentioned two wins uh, on the bounce, so they've moved up to 17th. Uh, they're on 33 points. And then we've got a couple of teams on 34 who are very much not out of it. Uh, we've got Portishead and Bishop Sutton. And all those teams have uh, played 34 matches. Uh, Bishop Sutton, Portishead, Radstock, Chippenham Park and Oldland uh, with Bristol Telephones, a game in hand, but they're a bit further back. So those are the six teams that look to be uh, yeah, fighting for safety over the last couple of weeks of the season. It's going to be a, a fascinating battle. It certainly is. When we spoke to Joe Sharples last week, of course, the manager of Chippenham Park, he said he was targeting 40 points. He felt mm. that 40 points would be the um, the watermark for um, for this season. And when you look at, um, well, I mean, everybody under uh, 14th um, is um, it, it puts them all in the equation. I think Lydia are probably are probably yeah. safe. I'd expect them to pick up the, the points that they need from their last four games. But it just goes to show how tight it is down at the bottom there. And actually, if you look at the sort of the, how, how the how the maths play out, if telephones do win all of their remaining five fixtures, that would put them on 39 um, points. So well, the, at the moment, they look like they're cut adrift at the bottom of the first division, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not out of it. And actually, Oldland, um, Chippenham, Radstock, Portishead and Bishop Sutton, frankly, nobody, I imagine none of those managers are sleeping particularly well mm. um, at the moment because that really is... Um, that really is very tight. Um, now we did um, we did talk about it on last week's podcast, I think, didn't we? We talked about this whole points per game situation <laughs> that's dominating yeah. um, the um, um, uh, promotion issue in the first division. And of course, I, I spoke at length with Sean Potter, the uh, the Cheddar ma manager, about it as well. But I mean, at the moment, what we're looking at is Cheddar 
um, who've played 34 games. Uh, they've got 79 points. They could get a maximum of 91 points. Um, Canesham, who've played 33, they could get a maximum of 93 points. At the moment, both sides are, are, are accumulating two point, well, 2.3 um, points per game. It's 2.3. Uh, two, if you're a Cheddar fan, and 2.36 if you are a Canesham town. So Canesham sitting in second at the moment, of course, with that game in hand, are handily placed with their points per game uh, ratio. Uh, now, if um, on, on social media, of course, many of our listeners are now active on social media, and there is, um, I've been recommended by... Um, by a, um, by a couple of our managers to follow a chap called Peter Miller. Peter Miller thirty six is um, is is his Twitter handle, and he has produced an incredibly impressive spreadsheet mm. which identifies all sorts of weird and wonderful permutations um, across the board for. Um, um, uh, uh, for, for what that sort of means collectively across across the, rep, the, the the steps, but it does look like both Cheddar and Canesham, if you take a look at that that spreadsheet, are are handily placed. Now the problem with these things, of course, is you know they're only as reliable as the people who fill them in. Uh, fixtures are taking place all over the country, all 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 of the time. Of course, we know Canesham are playing tonight, so all of these dynamics um, are constantly changing. But I think the bottom line is that if Cheddar and Canesham can carry on picking up points, um, and so certainly by winning all of their games, which I know is a lot easier said than done till the end of the season. It does put both of them in a very strong position um, to be promoted. And of course, the winner of the first division is promoted by right. So that is the prize. And uh, what's exciting for all of us who are watching this race is that, of course, in uh, in attempting to get that one, that, that Willy Wonka's golden ticket, <laughs> um, we, we, we will probably see some incredibly good football and some very exciting results right up until the end of the season. So that's one of the, the great advertisements, not only for Western League football, but also, of course, for our for our marvellous first division, which I um, which I do watch more than my fair share of, probably. Anyway, Tom, thank you very much for your time today. Um, we have, of course, been reviewing your outstanding bulletin. Uh, and uh, where can the uh, where can the listeners find that? So yeah, that is on the uh, Western uh, Tool Station Western League website. Uh, it's on the homepage, uh, downloadable as a as a PDF. And then also you can click on the tab along the top. Uh, it takes you to the uh, yeah the most recent. Uh, bulletin and uh, yeah that's uh, yeah usually available sunday lunchtime uh, after the after the fixture taking place the day before excellent stuff and have you penned your column for the non-league paper absolutely yeah uh, step five and six uh, section that that'll be that can be found uh, yeah rounding up the uh, the premier division matches from the uh, the weekend wonderful stuff tom thank you very much for your time pleasure and i look forward to catching up with you on next week's tool station western league podcast <laughs>